Hello everyone, and welcome to the People First Merseyside podcast. It is near the end of 2023, and since March of this year, we have been working with our David project to release episodes focused around the subject of death. We've talked about end-of-life planning, such as will writing and palliative care. We've talked about our members' personal experiences with grief and the support they had. We've talked about certain circumstances of death and learning about the people who have passed away. We've talked about, well, talking about death in different ways like a sensory story or at death cafes. Now we have one last thing to talk about, the DAFA project itself and how it has impacted the members and the staff that have worked on the project. As of right now, the DAFA project is entering its fifth and possibly final year of running. The DAFA members and staff have learned a lot during the time on the DAFA project and they wish to share their thoughts and feelings about the David Project. Please enjoy our last episode working with the David Project and stay tuned to the end to hear about the podcast plans for 2024. The David Project is important because it's getting people with learning disabilities knowing their rights around death and dying and knowing that it's okay to talk about death and it's okay to um, be scared about it if they want to be, if they're scared about it, or to ask questions, ask difficult questions. Um, so yeah, it's really, really important. Well, it's not, uh, the, the David Project isn't just important to myself, it's for everyone around the world or England um, with learning disabilities uh, to know and to plan and prepare their own funeral when at one day it may come, or it will come. Today the project is important to me because with a person with a learning disability and autism, cerebral palsy, I think that it shows you how a funeral can, how to plan a funeral and how to think about things like um flowers you want and in the back in the day it wasn't um brought forward to people with learning disabilities and I think that it's a good it's a really good project to be in because we're learning about um we'll we'll plan on funerals. Because I wanna learn about death and dying, especially the data with death and dying with the leader project, I think it's very important to us with the learning disability and autism to know that I have a learning disability but some of my friends have autism and my partner so I think it's important that we're included in death and having parents a little bit older I wanted to know what was happening when they pass away and not be left out. Uh, tell, tell people about death and dying. And I tell people one of our members passed away named David. Uh, David is uh, my friend. Uh, uh, I played pool with him and my friend and I I I think the David Project 
When I first started, I was excited to do something new, but I was a bit worried because it was um, what I thought at the time a really heavy subject and could be quite upsetting. Um, I think the more I've gotten into it and the more seeing everyone be so comfortable about it made me feel a bit more comfortable. And then I think it's so important because I can see it's helped me, it's helped other people, and I think being more open about death and, and and dying, I think, can have a big impact on people's lives and can let people be more open about things that have happened in the past and also be more open about what's going to happen to all of us. So I think it makes a huge impact. David Project, when when first started, I was worried about it because I didn't want to talk about different things. And, Things what happened to me in my own life, I don't want to say that to anybody. But realise later on, I might as well say it because it's in the David project. So I said, all right then, I'll give it all, but it, it upsets me an awful lot talking about the past and that, and that's what I feel. But I got, I got a lot of it by listening to other people and finding out what they're saying as well. So making sure they can say what they want to say, then I pull the suit after that. I think it's important in two levels. One is that it was because of the David Project that I moved to Liverpool. So it brought me here, and this is somewhere I really want to come back to. And it brought me to um, an organisation which is self-advocacy for people with learned disabilities. And self-advocacy is also something that's really important to me. So um, previous to that, I'd worked in things like hospitals and schools, where it's very much top-down, where um, the, the children or the patients attending them were being told all the time what the system was and what they needed to do and how they expected to... Um, to do different things and, and to manage their lives, whereas here it's all about self-advocacy, so that in itself is really important for me, and that's the kind of organisation I wanted to work in. And it's also important because um, I have a very deep-held belief that there are good ways for people to die, there is a good death, and if somebody has had the chance to think about that and plan for it and think about the way that they want to be looked after as they approach their death and the people they want around them and they feel they've got more control um, and that not all those things aren't being taken away from them and that after their death the people who are involved in sorting out the funeral um, know what that person genuinely wants and aren't left stumped thinking I don't know what they want, I don't know how to celebrate them. If all that's already been planned and talked about that can make it a much more positive experience for everyone. So for me, being involved in the David Project was really important because that's something that is, is, is key to the way I, I, I see the world and see life and, and death. I didn't know nothing about death cafes before until Oliver members mentioned about last she went to um, a death cafe in Liverpool and she came back with the things that they liked, that they did. They did. So it gave me the idea of maybe talking about who we lost and maybe doing the Owls Plain Death Cafe. I'm enjoying the Death Cafes, like um, doing the bucket list, kick the bucket, that game, snakes and ladders, I'm enjoying Oh my God, I've learned so many new things. It's it's crazy. I thought, when I started, I thought I knew about death and dying. 
um, just from personal experience and the people that I've lost. But then once really getting into it and and meeting everyone who's been doing it for a, a few years before I got here, I think I've learned so so much and learned the stuff that I need to do and like all about wills and everything and there's just so so much so much more to learn about organ donation even it's just it's been a real learning curve I feel like I've, I've learned I've learned a lot definitely I've learned that there's a lot more things into death and dying than before like right you will um it's very important also to get insured um, on some stuff. So I think it's very important as well, especially if you have any kids, it's important to put money aside for them because a funeral costs a lot. So yeah, that's why I learned and I learned about organ donations that we would actually opt in. Everyone was, you need to opt out now. And I've always believed in staying in. Um, basically because my aunt was blind and one of them had a cornea. So she needed help with that. So we always believed if someone needed help and I was gone to always help them. Uh, at the beginning, I had, I had no knowledge, although whatever knowledge I did know was way out of the line of what the, the outcome is. I probably first, first thing is obviously talking about death and dying, to make a conversation. Um, play a game of getting into asking questions or um, what I didn't know at one time ever existed at a death cafe. And bit by bit, people, I, I, I really got into it and from then till now, obviously, I've learned a great deal and uh, knowledge, obviously, how to plan and arrange and the outcome of planning your own funeral. Well, I've learned a lot. I understand much more than that, that I didn't know. Like, I already know people, like, I knew I know more. I have to understand about wills and everything else. Um, and about the deaf cafe and everything else. Well, it's not often to me, so I can learn about dying. I seem to not learn anything in general about death. That's the one thing we did then. Learning and doing that what I joined is then important now how to make a few now to land a winner. And also it was good, especially to find out about the 
different religions as well. That was a, a positive thing for me because I like the idea of different religions and different burials and that. What I've learned from the Deva project is that um, so many religions and so many cultures um, present death in different ways. They have different styles of um, funerals. So if we did some during lockdown, we did um, some. We, we watched some videos and they were really really funny. Um, so one that I remember had um, a costume on, must have been like a fancy dress costume of an egg, and one was a streak of bacon, and they all had breakfast over someone's coffin. <laughs> which, which was really, really funny. And different cultures celebrate death more than the English do. Because we're all a bit morbid and a bit, like, straight up a lip and carry on. And, but the other cultures, like, celebrate it and celebrate the life and the, like, the spirit of the person rather than, OK, he's in the, he's in the ground now, well, she's in the ground now. That's it. It's... It made me th made me think of how I wanted my funeral to be, looking at all these cultures and different religions and stuff, and how they celebrate it. I would like um, in my funeral to be well. I want first I want to be cremated, and I want to be put into a rocket uh, firework and to be set off, so all my ashes goes all over your body. You never get rid of me. A bit like glitter. Oh, I've learned so many things. Um, there was I did know quite a lot about death and dying already, but there's lots and lots and lots of different things that I've, I found out from different um, funeral practices, from different cultures, from different ways people view death and dying, um, from the practicalities of what you should and shouldn't be wearing when you're cremated. Um, so down to the very very fine detail um, to. to to, to, to massively important things for different cultures about their, their, their religious beliefs and about what's key to the way um, their, their funerals and what happens to them after they die, all the, the um, processes that, and procedures um, that need to go through and, uh, and what a vast subject it is. It, it entails everything from people's emotions to legal to the benefit system to um, family relationships. So basically it touches on so many different aspects of people's lives. Um, it, it's a vast subject and I think that however long you're part of that, you can find out more and more and more. And it's changing all the time because the benefit system changing, um, because the world changing, because of the funeral process. Even now there are new kinds of um, ways that people can um, plan their funerals and there are new things like water cremations which wasn't around some time ago and a new funeral practices in this country so there's so much to find out and it is a fascinating subject even though it sounds quite weird to say that um, and I think that the more you feel able to talk about it the more you find out about death and dying and about people's responses to it. What I've learned how to speak out on the David budget and how to focus on what's going to happen next with the David budget. I've learned all about that. What, what will happen when it's all folded? You know, I would like it to stay on. Because I think it's a very positive situation. 
I think a lot of the members got a lot out of it as well. And I think the members got a lot of that, plus yourselves as well, what got a lot of stuff out of it. And it's ideal. And I think it should be going off for about 10 years. With me, it is, it's the, what scares me is the unknown. The truth is, it's going to come to us all, isn't it? Because we're all going to die eventually, aren't we? But it's just part. That's just part of life, isn't it? I'm more con- conscious now because cousin like can be like 58. You know, I'm 58 now, I think. And I hope in two years I'm going to be 60. I just think in another 10 years I'm going to be 68. I was just like, where's the time go? Because the only thing that I suppose what would scare me if I would if I was told it just if someone told me say if she were going to the hospital like exactly and they said told you but if you were faced with the situation he said you know you had six months left I would I would you wrapped in that situation I don't think it, I think that would be scary. Because, let's face it, no, we, none of us have been, we, we don't know what death is, because none of us have experienced it. And no one's ever come back to us, whether it's good or bad, so... So when you die, you're going into the, again, you're going into the unknown, aren't you? Because no one knows. When you die, you just... Well, is this it? So I always think, we only live, we only have one life. Uh, we should make the most of it, really. At the very beginning, none of my colleagues, well, the majority of my colleagues, as well as myself, just didn't have any clue. Um, we thought that probably it would never happen, but obviously it will. Uh, and. Even when the Daily Project actually got up and running, did we have any idea? No, definitely not. Um, uh, it was quite scary because we didn't know what to expect. But we were explained, obviously, what was going to happen within the, the Daily Project within the five years. Um, how do people start to talk about death and dying, a conversation, etc., etc.? Um, it's 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 just flown by towards what everything towards everything towards what what we've learned. You know, um, we never stop talking. You know, every day something towards a conversation is about. The David Project, you know, um, um, at one time when we came round to organ donating and having a one-to-one word with your family, I was I was scared of even bringing forward that bringing forward the question to my family, and I kept putting it off. I'll tell them next time. But then I had the courage to actually bring my parents, bring forward the question about 
myself uh, donating an organ when I passed away. Uh, and I got a really surprised answer because my dad, my mum and dad are organ donators themselves and that was a big weight off my shoulder. Because I talked to young people uh, a few weeks ago and then I said, yes, you might as well talk about it now than later on in life, because if you talk about it later on in life, it gets harder. But if you talk about you're younger, then you realise what you want for you when you're getting older, and tell your mum and dad. I know it's very interesting that I tell younger generations and middle-aged people as well to look at yourself, because we're not all going to be here all the time. We're going to be somewhere else. And yeah, I said, you need to start making a will, or things like that. And some of them haven't done the world yet, so I says, you want to get cracking on your will because we're getting older, not younger. At the start, it was it was a bit of a touchy subject, and I know even in my family I'd try and, and speak about things, and it was like, oh God, no, don't, don't speak about that, we don't want to, you know, anyone to get upset, or we don't want, you know... Um, tempting fate or something something happened but now I just feel like it's like an everyday part of my life I'm always thinking oh I'll I'll hear a song and I'll just think to myself oh that would be a great funeral song it's just like something that's always on my mind now I think and something that's definitely been like uh, normalised to me it doesn't feel like something really upsetting anymore it's just like oh great funeral song I might stick that on a playlist <laughs> something like that so yeah it feels a lot easier I've always felt very comfortable, comfortable talking about my own death and dying um, with my family and with my children and they're quite bored of me all the time going well when I die you know I don't want this and I don't want that because yeah, I want to be nothing you know, it's got to be very plain don't want anything fancy don't want you to spend any money and I'm always talking and that's I've always done that um, but I think I feel more confident talking to other people about their deaths and about what they want because I think in the past I would feel really uncomfortable thinking, I don't, I don't want to make people worry, I don't want to upset people, and so I might have skirted around the subject more and not talked to people directly, whereas now I think I have more confidence and I also feel I leave it more up to the individual person. If they don't want to talk about it, that's absolutely fine, but I think I feel more able to ask them the questions and then give that person the, the choice as to whether they want to take up that question or whether they'd rather just leave it for another time or just not talk about it at all. So yes, I think it's it's helped me to talk about it and especially to address it with other people um, and to think more about how to touch on sensitive issues and say this is something we can talk about and we can look after people afterwards and we can create safe spaces for those conversations to happen. I'm a bit weird. Because I've always loved talking about death and dying and morbid stuff like that. <laughs> I, li I like the sound of death and not to say I don't want to die, but it's like when the time comes I know what it is and I know I've made peace with that. Because with all my health conditions and everything, that you sort of have to make your peace with that because every day is like a bonus. Because with my heart condition, it's, it is like every day is a bonus. So, um, 
yeah, it, it's just I, I have to make my peace with that. So I'm happy when I go and I go. That's it. Whoever it is up there or whatever, there's like yeah, wants to take me. So yeah. Do you ever like to talk about your mum or to me, dad, and that? It's not the same, and like around Christmas time, it's not the same. Without me, uncle, as I say, who was just to go, we're not going to August and this year for New Year, because it's not the same. Without me, uncle, really not be there, he, he's involved and started to cancer. Yeah, just remembering the people that I've lost again. And still think of people like me, uncle, Billy, who I've just been talking about. I've just brought in my uncle, Billy's watch, talked about that, and just my auntie Jean said would your Paul be interested in Uncle Billy's watch look after it really well Uncle Billy's watch and that down, down, as he's done, see? I've left some detail now. And what? Football. Before the data project started, I made a will then. Because when I had that problem with the brothers on that time, that's when I, they said to me, make a will. So I've made a will. I'd like to yeah, donate the organs. Yeah, talk about it with Emma and that, and Charlie and Maddie. Yeah, it's all good stuff. I've gone on the organ donor register, so I opted in and got an organ donor card and a letter. Given to a good home. I'm going to go with a will two, three weeks ago. Yes, well, I haven't got a will yet. But we're working with a lovely lady called Rachel Stalker and I have to make will, um, a, an accessible will pack um, legal so and everyone can do it. So it's, it's, we can print one off here and it's not legal, it's not binding. But this one will actually be legal and binding and be put through law. And We're in the process of making that up at the minute. So when that's done, then we're on to the legal bit and that's what that's the bit she's going to help us with because she's a lawyer so that's the bit she's going to help us with um, and I want to be the first one who does an accessible will kit so I can I can do that and set all my me, me, um, me plans out on that one so I'll be the very first one hopefully um, but I hadn't actually put it into practice. I had written a will and I have since changed my will twice because of things that have happened in my life and because I'm now up here and because my kids are older so they can actually be my executors and things now. So I've done those and I've put that into action which was quite important to me rather than just talking about doing it. Um, and I have also done my funeral plan and I've thought about it and I've gone and sorted it out and I've paid for it because I've realised there's no point in putting it off. Do it and then... And the, the really weird thing is, and there was people say, oh, it frightens me to do it. For me, it's been very freeing, because now I've done it, I don't have to worry about it anymore. If I want to, I can change it. But if something happened and, and I did die within the next 
few months or years or whatever, then it's the work's been done. I know my kids don't have to worry about it. I know nobody needs to get concerned thinking, should you do this? Should we do that? Have we got enough money? It's, I've, I've done it, sorted it out. So they can just deal with their own emotions at the time. They can deal with what's going to happen with themselves and their lives after my death. They don't have to worry about the practicalities of my funeral. So I have done that. Um, and I've talked to people since then, and I've talked to other people, and I thought, oh, that's a really lovely idea, and that's a lovely idea. So maybe at some point I might add bits to my funeral plan. But at the moment, I just kept it really, really simple and really plain. And I feel, you know, because I've done that, I also feel more able to talk to other people should they wish to do their funeral plan. So when I die, I just, I don't want anything fancy. I just want a simple funeral. No, just a basic one, really. Yes, I am writing me well young, so I'm 25 now. I'm writing it when I'm 30, because I'm planning to have a child around that time. And when I have a child, I want to have a will, so my assets go to that child. So, yeah, it's a bit for me. I would do what my parents done with my grandparents and give some of that money to my kids. Say they went, if they wanted to get a flat, I would give them a little bit of that because I know with my family, family means a lot. Before, before joining the Zayden Project, I thought, I definitely don't need to write a will or anything. Like, I'm so young, I just sort that out at some point, do you know what I mean? But now, I think, obviously, anything can happen any day, do you know what I mean? So it's like... I definitely feel like I need to start writing a will, even for the stuff that I have now. I, yeah, I think to myself as well, like, no, oh, I don't have anything that, to pass on to someone. But even when they're like from the Zaver Project, I've learned that you don't need loads of money or like a house or anything. It, it's your personal belongings can be passed on to people, and and they mean so much to you while you're alive, and they'll mean so much to the people that you love if you pass away as well. So, I think I definitely need to write a will and I've from the Zaver project I've sorted out becoming like an organ donor and like so many great things so yeah there's I've, I've learned so much and 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 I need to be making those end of life plans. I have in my head certain things that I would like to happen uh, when I eventually go um uh but I'm, I, I I haven't put it all into place uh I'm probably even though I'm part of the David project I'm probably still a little bit nervous to actually bring it out of the outcome so um um but eventually it will happen obviously at the right time. I really do, I'm, I'm enjoying the David project. And it's brought me up to Michelle. I like joining in the things and I'm happy to be part of the David project. We've got our confidence with them next year that I'm looking forward to that. Um, enjoying the David project a little bit more. It's um, made it more enjoyable to do. I think the David project it's been really hard but 
in some ways it impacts a lot of people's lives. I think people say, how do I do this hard stuff? But then in the end, just knowing that you're saving people's lives is so important to me and is a key that keeps me doing self-advocacy. Well, all this, this stuff during the day project, I'm doing it because um, I want to become a, camp, a grief counsellor for people with learning, physical, autism and very complex needs because of the David Project. Because um, I realised that there was a major gap and even though people have heard that some people do do that in that field but they don't specifically do that. That's not their main thing. It's the counselling's the main thing, but they don't specialise in people with learning disabilities. And I want to specialise in people with learning disabilities and autism and people just people in general, like very complex needs and their families and carers and that. I want to do the whole range because I think the only way you can get through to a person with um, very complex needs is sometimes talk to the families because the families know them best and know how they, they communicate so you have to know that phase before you get to talk to the person obviously talk to the person as well but get to know the families as well how they communicate with the person mm-hmm. and if they've got like a definite family or anything because I know when, I, when I've said many times on the podcast my, my dad died when I was 16 and I didn't know what death was I want to be that person with someone, someone who doesn't know what death is and doesn't know what's going to happen next, because I didn't know what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. I thought he was just going to come home in an ambulance. So that's why I'm on, I'm on I've just passed, just on the way to passing my level two counselling course, and I'll be starting my level three in January. The day project is a brilliant project we've been doing because it's we learn so much and it's, the staff are very nice and kind. I just think the David project has been really important and like I said before we has like had a huge impact on on everyone that it's kind of touched really and and I think what feels so normal to us now is something that for so many other people is just like a completely like alien subject and I think if everyone can can speak about it like like we've been able to in the David Project then I think it's going to do great things you see more and more things now about like um, being death positive or like grief awareness and stuff like that and I think just as it keeps getting bigger it's just going to be better really more more people talking about death and it being like a normal thing that happens to all of us so yeah I just I love everything that we've done in the David Project one of the other huge things about doing the David Project is that I've met so many amazing people, primarily um, the David members themselves, because they've entrusted um, myself, Maddie and Charlie as the three workers with so many stories, so much, so many experiences, um, so many ideas, so many things that have happened to them in their lives. And I think that feels like a great privilege. So I feel really... Um, 
honoured that people have trusted us with that. I also feel very, very lucky that I work with Maddie and Charlie, my two colleagues, because they are fantastic, talented young women, and I'm just you know, lucky every day I work. I just feel so lucky to work with them and to with all the members. Um, and also some amazing people who are involved in death and dying in Liverpool and beyond other projects. And also just some fantastic lawyers, nursing teams, funeral directors, um, funeral planners, celebrants, just so many really, really committed people who, who care. So I feel that's been a great honour. Um, and I just feel, I suppose I'm a bit of a evangelical when it comes to the telling people about death and dying because I just say the more you talk about it the less frightening it is and the more you feel like you can go and get on and live your life because that part of it is, is sorted out and it's not holding this big sort of weight of fear over your head so yeah I feel really lucky. And with that our time working with the David Project has ended. Before we end the episode we the podcast team would like to share our thoughts and feelings working with the David Project and our plans for 2024. So, I'll go first. I spent most of my time editing for the podcast to try and make these episodes sound as good as they can. These episodes were a doozy to do, but especially with the amount of episodes we needed to release on a short period of time. But it's been fun, and it's been an enjoyable challenge for me, and I do like a challenge, and I feel like I've learned a lot listening to everyone talking as I edit these episodes. It's been really enlightening for me. So, I shall pass it to Natasha. To me, okay. Um, I've really enjoyed working on the David episodes as well, especially with you guys. I like working with you. Uh, and with all the members as well, it's helped me to get to know everyone a bit better. Um, and death is something that I um, have struggled to think about a lot in my life and something I've been a bit afraid of. And it's really changed my perspective on that. I feel a lot more comfortable. I, I end up talking about death with people <laughs> when I first meet them, <laughs> which is maybe, uh, I think people think I'm weird, but it's all right. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's changed my perspective a lot and I'm really grateful for that. Um, I think it's better not to be afraid of death because it's something that is going to happen to everybody and it's better to acknowledge that so that you can live your life more fully um, instead of pretending that you're never going to die. Um, and I've just really enjoyed this. Um, it's been really fun and I'm honoured to be allowed to take part in this with you guys. And I'm sad that it's over now. Um, I'll stop talking now. Thank you. Do you want to say Siobhan? I would like to say it was really impactful to be a part of like this group and it's it's run totally by us like we do it in our spare time. But we're having the David project and working closely with them. It's so important because we learned even with the podcast and going to the Central Arbery that everyone's interested in it and it's changing people's lives now. So I think sometimes to see the evidence is so impactful and speak to solicitors and people in power so genuinely. Like, just naturally have a conversation with them 
and people that have thought I would not have a conversation with for years because me and Robin and Natasha are all young so it was hard but it was worthwhile. I think it helped me with the um, grieving and even though Robert does do the editing I do the majority of the speaking. I think it was good for me to step back on some episodes and let other people speak to them because that was for my health and well-being. So what ended up coming now is the David project to go one more year and then it's all for book we're doing a mental health project now because we realised that that is so important and that it's powerful so we're all passionate about that and we're going to keep that on for a couple of more years and the David project because you both link on to each other really well and I think as well having our journey together and being young especially me and Robert being the youngest people in here it's made it turn more to adults we've grown in the company we've learned stuff about insurance we've learned about donations we've learned a lot of stuff that Normally we wouldn't for a couple of more years um, or longer, so it's been very impactful for me and it's been good to know that people have changed and how many people have stopped doing silly stuff that they shouldn't have been doing like trigger warning, self-harm and other stuff because they feel more comfortable of being open is amazing to see and it's amazing to see that the men and women are talking about it it's not just one side it's everyone and we all work together as a team and to get all of the members in it they would all say thank you because it's so important to have the listeners as well so a big thank you again for our health and well-being and for the next stage which we might do, 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 <laughs> record properly um we do need to go on the hiatus we do need to mm. yes so figure out the next step mm, yeah so for our plans for 2024 we the podcast team had decided to go on an indefinite hiatus which means we're not exactly sure when we're going to come back, but we do plan on coming back, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it might be a little bit different when we come back. Mm-hmm. It might not be. It depends what we need to discuss, and we've done this hard thing, so the information's out there for everyone. Mm. But just know that we will be back. It just might be a little bit different. Yes, we shall look into seeing how we could try to further improve our podcast. And we'll also be back with plenty more episodes for you to listen to. As for that, that will conclude our episode for today. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episodes. Have a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and we'll see you in 2024.
拜。